Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast, episode 35. I'm Orion Williams. I'm here with other host, Peter Willis. And we're going to talk Bible on this show. We're in the book of Luke, chapter 12. I want to give you some info about uh, how you can contact us on the show. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're uh, facebook.com slash more than hearers. We are on Instagram as of tonight, uh, today. Uh, I'm not telling you when we're recording. Uh, some In this 24-hour period, uh, we have an Instagram page now, More Than Hearers. You can email us, podcast at morethanhearers.com. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram. You can contact us on Twitter. I'm at Orion Plays Music. Peter is at mth underscore peter and uh if you're liking the show and you're listening on a podcast app we'd like your five-star review please that's something that we've earned please give us that and then lastly if you want to sponsor the show in some sort of form uh we have a paypal account the email address is podcast at morethanhearers.com and you can donate there and help spread the the message that we're bringing here of uh, diving into the truth of scripture. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty darn good, Orion. I'm trying to figure out this whole like how to Instagram a podcast. Podcast promotion. Yeah. It's Did a I thing. blow through the intro too quick? No, I don't think so at all. Because I've been listening to some of our other episodes and sometimes it takes me several minutes to get through. And sometimes it's fun. But then I had like a complex, and I was like, and now I'm stalling this, the episode and I'm making it longer than it needs to be, which is feeding into my complex. Really? Are you I, like you're bad. actively? Are you are you melting down right now? I, I just want to deliver good content. I and you know I haven't received feedback on this show from somebody in I want to say three months, like for a, for a while, we were getting. Here and there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, yeah. So I, I'm just like, did, did I say something? Is this something? <laughs> is this something we did? We got our scones, and I think now everybody's like, well, our work here is done. Sure, is that it? On to the next podcast. Somewhere else where they need scones. Who else needs scones? <laughs> Who else even asks for scones? Right. Thank you. See, hello. Yeah, but but yeah, on the social media front thing. Uh, yeah, you're heading up kind of you're, – you're doing the Facebook and the Instagram stuff there, uh, the majority. I, I tend to do more of the the technical side of it, the, the process. So, yeah, if the audio quality is an issue, that's my fault. Orion's definitely wears the producer hat. Right. Which is ironic because right now you're not wearing a hat, and I no, am. Sure. But uh, – Figurative hats for everybody. Okay. There we, and, and real hats for others. Sure. Okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 it's so funny because we've been, we've been reading like, we've been reading about how to promote a podcast, which sounds just ridiculous. Um, it's so weird to even try and discuss it. And it's even weirder to talk about it on the episode about, you know, all these strategic ways and things you can do, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately the, the one that almost every post or blog or whatever we can find somewhere about promoting a podcast says to do is to ask your audience 
to share the podcast. Mm. And to that end, like a lot of you, all four or five of you, no, I'm just kidding. There's more than that, but not by much. Um, but a lot of you know each other. And so you're like talking about it with each other, and that's cool. And I, I love the idea that we're developing some level of community amongst our listeners. But what would be even more effective is if you would share it with people you know don't know. And you may go, well, I'm not going to share it with that person because they probably don't listen to podcasts. You, too, were once a person who did not listen to podcasts. So I'd challenge you. I hate you. I say that far too much. I, I'd ask you. I'd, I'm not going to beg. No. I'll implore. Oh, wow. I don't know the difference. I, th- I No. One sounds cooler. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask, though. I'll Share fancy it. beg. I'll fancy <laughs> beg. I'll beg with my best clothes on. Um <laughs> Share it with somebody who, if you think it's worth sharing. And I think, Orion, I don't know if you got it in this intro, but you've got it in intros before. Uh, if you find us on a service of some sort, uh, iOS or Android or one of the podcast services, um, if you take a minute to rate us there, that'd be super cool. And yeah, if that- you can't rate us good, take a minute to send us an email and say, hey, you guys would be better if you did this. And we may do it. We may go, no, that's not, that's not it. Help us make this the best show that we can make it. And, you know, you said something, Orion, about having a complex about content or something. I don't recall now uh, exactly how you worded it. But then part of me starts to want to get defensive because our the majority of our content is the Bible. Wow. So I don't know that we can produce better content. No, we have the best content available right? on the podcast. And so... When you put it like that. And, but I understand that in the podcast realm content is a buzzword for the stuff you create and put out and and we we talk and you know when i say we talk bible like we don't just read the bible this is not uh the bible on tape no you know so there there's our commentary there's our exposition i believe is a word I think so. It, it is a word. I don't know if it's the right one, but been definitely known, a word. And known to use words, whether they be the right one or not. Um, but, but yeah, we want to we want to add value. Oh, I almost said add value to the Bible. We want to add value to your uh, experience. Uh, we want to be another tool in your belt for Bible study. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, I do. think that's. Um, that idea of adding value to your um, ugh, experience of the scriptures, but I don't want to use that phrase. What's the right phrase, Orion? I, I want to say it's just we all have our, our walk, and sometimes the walk is more like a crawl. And if you surround yourself with the right people and you put yourself in the, the right places— uh, generically speaking, that you can uh, you can get to where God wants you to get quicker. And I know I, I'm not trying to say that I can get you to where God wants you to get quicker. <laughs> I'm uh, having a hard time getting myself there. <laughs> exactly, but but I know that if I was in good fellowship with people who really sought out what the Bible really says, oh, then you know. Someone who didn't pull punches, someone who didn't set me up for failure later because they taught me something that sounded great from the Bible, but necessarily uh, or not necessarily was true, and then I got just kind of crushed and defeated when I when I learned the actual truth. Like I'd rather just hit it, just hit me with it now. I don't want to feel betrayed later. So one thing I I love about what we do here is just we hit it hard. We speak 
that blunt Bible truth. Yeah. And, and I, I, I pray we're getting it right, you know, when we, when we give a commentary. Because, like, I know when I speak, that's not gospel. But I want it, I want it to be true. I want God to be speaking through me. And, and you nailed it so right on because um, I can't get the phraseology you said now. But um, for me, I grew up church exposed. Um, I don't want to say I grew up in church because that I don't that carries with it its own connotations. I grew up church exposed, and as I got older and into my adulthood and really into my thirties, before I really started digging into the Word on my own and studying it and looking at commentaries and listening to other Bible teachers and respected people with wisdom and knowledge and background and all of that, and finding out so many times that what I had either been taught about Scripture or what I had just believed of my own accord was wrong Mm. and just wasn't in there. And that's why sometimes you'll hear me and you'll hear, hear Orion pause at a particular passage and go, now, a lot of people will say this means this or this means that. We're not just pulling that out of air. It's because one or both of us were taught that at some point or bumped into someone who had been taught that or or whatever that might be. It's because these are common teachings on these passages. I am silently nodding in agreement. It's not silent if you say you were doing it. Oh, okay. Okay. To that end, Luke chapter 12 uh, it's so funny because the NIV, if you're in a paper Bible or even if you're in a digital format, the NIV's got these great little section headings. And uh, Luke chapter 12 opens with warnings and encouragements is the chapter heading. And I think it's so perfect for um, where we started out in this episode. In order for Luke 12, 1 to make sense, I'm going to read Luke 11, 53, and 54, the last two verses of Luke 11 say, When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. Verse 1 of chapter 12. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another like good Christians. Wow. Oh, wait. That's not the Bible. <laughs> Sorry. I just I added that part. Whoever adds or takes away from these words... <laughs> Can we talk about that for a minute? We could rabbit trail real bad on that verse. Anyway, we won't right now, but another time. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you've said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you've whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. And I have to confess, Orion, I studied this, I prepped this ahead of time, and I just saw something else here I hadn't seen before, and I'm. this might be conjecture, and if it is, correct me. You got it. Can you imagine being Judas here in this right now? I don't know where we're, we're not far enough in the timeline, but when you think about what Judas was doing behind the scenes of selling Jesus out for money or whatever else and trying to be all secretive about it, um, this is Jesus going, what you're doing, the whisperings and all that, it's all going to be made known. And we know it all. It's in our Bible. We know what happened. Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver and then ultimately ended up hanging himself. So it's just kind of interesting to me. I, I wanted to say that that's, 
that doesn't seem to have much of an element here, but then I read the surrounding text and it's like, yeah, that, that actually seems like that might have been a dig. You, oh, have you ever been in a church service, right? I, I don't know about you, but for me, the pastor's preaching and you're like, <gasps> oh, no, he knows. Like in some <laughs> cases, like I've been in ones where my heart is pounded so hard in my chest that I swear the people around me can hear it. Yeah. Like he's talking to me. I just almost had this vision of Judas in that moment of... <gasps> What? He knows. But back to the, back to our practical application. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. It's the tail end of verse 1. This idea of yeast, Jesus uses it a few times. Um, because you're talking about a people who had a feast or a festival or even on some level a faith that one of the central things of that faith was unleavened bread. Bread with no yeast. Right. It's it's something these people had a mental reference for. That a little bit of yeast makes dough rise. You don't have to give it all the yeast, just some. Yeah, it just takes a little bit. And it, it ruins a whole batch of unleavened bread. Yay. I'm sorry. I mean, but... <laughs> yeah, right? Like I mean really now I would, we got some bread. I would rather have wonder bread than Acmac crackers any day of the week. For those of you who know what Acmac crackers are. Um, I would rather have bread and, over saltines. And Wonder Bread is among the worst of breads, I think, was your point. I, 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 <laughs> I don't have a... If it's not sourdough, I don't care. It's all awful. It's not all awful. There's a good place for a marble rye every now and again. But anyway... Check you out. Uh, right? Who knew? <laughs> but not wheat bread. Not whole wheat bread. Partial wheat bread. You're okay with it. Brown bread? If it's okay. If it's a little off-white and it's mildly brown... If it's dark brown and it's not pumpernickel, then I have a problem with it. Thank you. Okay. All right. We're good. All right. Unless it's got little seeds and nuts in it. Wait, you don't like that at all? No, I don't mind it. You don't? No. I can never figure you and your foods out. <laughs> Listeners, if you didn't know, I'm the pickiest eater on the planet. I didn't figure you for a seeds and nuts guy. Sometimes. Good for you, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I'm not having carbs much these days. Anyway, so this idea, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. That little thing that comes in and ruins everything. And and the crazy thing is, is I the longer I've been in church in my life, the more I see that we look at those Pharisees and we miss that so often, so much of what we do as Christians is pharisaical. And I'm pointing fingers at myself at the moment of we tell people, well, if you're going to be a Christian, you got to live this way. You got to do this thing. You got to do that thing. And it's right back to the old Pharisee thing of, well, you got the law. Cool. Well, add these other things. And that and that hypocrisy of um, making the law the focus of your faith over the lawgiver being the focus of your faith. The same thing happens today in Christianity of we get focused on other things that we think are motivated by our faith instead of our faith being the central piece of everything we do. That didn't come out the way I wanted it to. I said it better to you the other day, but uh, it's gone now. So anyway, whatever. What you said in the dark, oh, let's go back to verse 2. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you've said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you've whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. 
But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body's been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Oh, Ryan, is that saying we should be afraid of the devil? Uh, n- no, no. Um, no, I don't think the... Does the devil have any power to throw us into hell? Or authority? No, it's his authority. No, the devil himself gets thrown into hell. Right. Who has the authority to throw us into that hell? That would be the God Almighty. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That would be the the Holy One. The I Am. The I Am. Not Peter M., but I Am. The, I, yeah, okay. The He Is. Yeah. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. I can't tell you, listeners and Orion, how much I love this verse. We all have different circles. And I have this circle of people that um, I'm connected with. Some are family members, some are friends. Uh, Facebook is the area where... Oh, I got to explain this better because a lot of you I recognize probably or maybe a few of you aren't that active on Facebook. Orion's not that active on Facebook. I, on the other hand, am on Facebook quite a bit. By the time I was 30 years old, I'd had 35 addresses in three different states. I've lived a lot of places and have had interactions and friendships built with people that then I didn't ever see again. And then 10, 12 years ago, along came this Facebook thing. Mm -hmm. And I was able to reconnect with all of these people from elementary school and middle school and high schools and and college and all these other places. And I have this group of circle of people now on Facebook. And there is this subset of that circle who are believers, followers of Christ on whatever level. I don't pretend to know the, the quality or quantity of their faith, but they get real worked up about world events. Uh, such and such is going on in such and such a place. Oh, the, the end is near. Uh, Jesus is coming. We we need to repent and this and that other thing. None of that's uh, invalid. No, that's hope. But it's motivated out of fear. <laughs> right. This is the new world order. Cool. That means we're almost to the end, right? Like for me. Yeah. But they're fearful of, well, this person got elected president or this law was made or that law was made or this country this or this country that. And I love this. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no harm or do no more. Like, they're going to kill you for being a Christian? Okay. Okay. But where do I sign? Like, I don't, I mean, I don't want to be killed. I don't right. want to be burned at the stake. I don't want to be drawn and quartered. I don't want to be crucified. I don't. But if I'm killed for my faith, I just get promoted. Right. The, the ugly side of it, and you and I were talking pre-show, I hope, Uh, (laughs) you ever think back oh no did we say something on the mic um no but about the paul's uh paul saying it is better i'll tell you this it is better not to marry right and so this idea of not having a family to uh be a distraction from doing what god has called you to do in in uh, your ministry your ministerial life but it would be worse for me, and I know for you, to see your family tortured and killed than for you to be killed or for me to be killed. Yeah. On, you know, I, like, oh, yeah, you need to kill me because I believe in Jesus? Go right ahead. Where oh, you want me to be the last in my family to die and everyone else got to go first? Hold pass. on a second. Hard pass. Yeah. So, uh, so that's tough stuff. But f- fortunately, what he was telling, the people that he was telling didn't have that. So they really didn't have anything to fear. 
Yeah. Not even not even the threat of, you know, the their children being killed or whatever. I mean, it, it, that wasn't something that the people of the en- the enemies of of God could use against them. Yeah. And this idea of uh, Jesus says, I'll show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And he goes on to say, he says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Which sounds like a deal to me, but yet not one of them is forgotten by God. He goes, five birds worth two pennies, which means one bird not worth one one penny. penny. (laughs) So in modern definition, that means bird is... Worthless. worthless. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Bird is worthless. And he goes, uh, yet not one of these worthless birds is forgotten by God. He goes, indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. He goes, God, if God knows the number of hairs on your head, how close is he looking at you? Hmm. I don't know the number of hairs on my head. It's it's less and less every day. I'm pretty uh, sure. For- no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I will not claim this okay. in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I have the same number of hairs on my head I have had for the last thirty years. I will always have that number of hairs on my head. Yes, I, yes. My, I have blondish hair it's it's got like a red tint almost i do have a hint of red in it. yeah but mostly blonde the more i'm in the sun the redder it gets there it is but last night i had come home and had my hat off and i'd looked in the mirror and it looked lighter than i remember it which is i mean we're getting into summertime eventually here and hair lightens in the sun theoretically but i wear a hat everywhere except for sunday morning church and so well, my you head, all pious. I, I'm <laughs> afraid of my father brag. who lives 1,500 miles away. Um, but I said to my oldest daughter, I said, hey, is my hair getting lighter or is it turning gray? And she's a lot shorter than me. So I leaned down so she could look at the top of my head. She goes, I don't see any gray. Oh, there's one. Oh, there's one. There's another one. That's Stop enough. looking. That's enough. That, that's enough. Anyway, <laughs> that's a total digression, but I'm pretty stuck on it today. So Jesus goes, it's so funny because he totally shifts gears. In verse 5, he goes, yes, I tell you, fear him. And then in verse 7, he goes, don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. That, oh man, that that could be confusing. Yeah, but. <laughs> but I take from it, it's almost like. I got to paraphrase what Jesus said to make to get to what I think he's really saying. Go ahead. Which is, if you're going to fear anyone, fear God. God. But why fear him when he he loves you so much? He's counting the hairs on your head. I mean, that's some affection. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, like you said, that's how closely he's looking at us. You are worth that. more than many worthless birds. Yay. <laughs> Cute party kazoo or whatever that thing is. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. I, that seems like that should be on a T-shirt. Um, $17 at Amazon. <laughs> that didn't turn out really well. Okay. We'll talk you, about that You're later. supposed to show me. Yeah. I ordered a shirt. You can On Amazon, you go on and create a shirt with anything you want. Uh, I did. Sounds great in theory. Off center and crooked. Oh. I don't think I ordered it that way. Okay. But anyway, 
I know other people have ordered shirts this way and come out really well. Verse 8. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Ow. I mean, I'm not going to disown him, but ow. I, yeah. I had a pastor who used to quote this a lot. Whenever he did uh, the, we call it in church, the gospel presentation. Okay. The, the everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, slip up your hand. Except he would go, every eye open, every head turning around. The Bible says, if you acknowledge me before God, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. And if you deny me before God, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Slip up your hand. Nice. Kind of cool. I like it. I, I Before I ever heard you talk about that, I had made the point that I think that's how it should be done because this whole in silence, cowardly acceptance of Jesus just has no biblical footing. No. No, no. We could we could probably do a whole yeah, episode on, sure. on this. Of, I can rant on that. Yeah, me too. The idea of just ask Jesus into your heart and he'll forgive your sins and you don't have to go to hell. No one has to know. Yeah. <laughs> Do it quietly. And just to be between just me and you, well, shouldn't it be between me and you and Jesus at least? I don't know. At least. Anyway. And anyone who speaks, and everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgotten. That's all we have for this episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. Peter is bailing out. He's he's had enough... (laughs) explaining these words to you. Can we insert like a chicken sound in here somewhere? (laughs) Prob, yeah. Yeah. I am the producer. (laughs) Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Orion. Yeah. um, You're just looking at me like, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I was like, I hope he doesn't pick me because my hand's not up. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking around the room for other hands. Yeah, I I am, um, I am, as you know, one of these uh, people that has a hard time distinguishing Holy Spirit from Son and from Father. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh, yeah. Like there's, um, in the Trinity view, which I understand is sometimes taken to be uh, perfect and... uh, infallible uh it's it's actually kind of muddy water uh i don't want to we don't need to go there but there's good biblical uh grounds to not see a whole lot of difference between the holy spirit and the son of god and the father yes (laughs) uh and then there's verses that seem to make it uh pretty clear that they're (laughs) distinct (laughs) distinctly different yeah so um but as one who really has a hard time distinguishing them not that that uh, that's any anything i just don't know what to do with why it's okay somehow to insult jesus christ who I, I see as the ultimate representation of God, the God uh, that came to earth, the God that loved me enough to give up heaven and be sacrificed on a cross to become sin for me so that I wouldn't have to face that penalty my, myself, that, that death. That, that Jesus, that's the one that I worship. Like that, I mean, yes, the Father, yes, the Holy Spirit, but Jesus is the, that's the one I look to. But somehow it's okay to insult him but then 
But not to insult him. But yeah. So I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I don't either. Okay. I don't know. And I pulled up, uh, for sake of comparison, I pulled up ESV, New King James, NASB, and Old School King James. They all read the same, don't they? They all say blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, except for King James, which says blasphemeth against the Holy <laughs> Ghost. Yes, that would say that. It shall not be forgiven. Uh, right. Um, there is the... The only distinction I see here is it says anyone who speaks a word against, but anyone who blasphemes. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm grasping at straws which are soon to be outlawed. Okay. <laughs> In California or nationwide? Uh, probably California. Okay. I, I taught on this. Oh, goody. Yeah. Um, so you'd think I'd know something about it. But, um, <laughs> would you find uh, for me yes. the other example of this Ooh. in the Gospels? Uh, the other example of? Of this phrase. This. Uh, so like in the parallel gospel? Yeah, if you would. So, um, yeah. So there's the, um, Jesus says this. And, as, and so sometimes we get a, uh, an account of Jesus telling something to a, a group of people. And in one gospel, it goes right into uh, another thing, or it sometimes it's like, wait, in the other story, he said this after that, and then he got to the the point C, and this one maybe goes from A to C. But there, there, if I'm not mistaken, and I should really know this, but uh, there's another telling of this. There's two more. Mark 3, and I'm going to try to get there as fast as I can. Thank you. Because the verse is following... I uh, following or preceding? Uh, Mark three twenty eight and twenty nine. I'm trying to scroll. What, what I'm looking for is uh, people saying, "Hey, uh, you you said you were uh, you're so, casting out demons, but we we think that that was maybe some Beelzebul or whatever." Business. So Mark three is that am I right? starting in verse twenty eight? Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins. And every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. Verse 30, he said this because they were saying yeah. he has an impure spirit. So, so what the, there's a view uh, among scholars that uh, when I say that, I usually don't agree <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> but in this case, I think is a great explanation, and it's because th the people were literally saying, "Hey, he's using the the devil to cast out uh, these demons or whatever," and he gives his explanation of that, saying, uh, "You know, a kingdom divided cannot stand, and uh, you know, a house divided can cannot stand. How could how can Satan cast out Satan and so forth?" But Worse is attributing holy miracles to the Antichrist. That is the ultimate blasphemy to say that what God is doing, Satan is doing. To give uh, that credit. Yeah. If uh, I just got the chills, like the idea of giving Satan credit for something. For God. That, yes. Yeah. That is the blasphemy that this refers to. This is one of these verses that's debated and debated. And if you go, I don't think what you said, Orion, is probably the, the most probable explanation. Uh, I would challenge you to find a better one and bring it to me. 
but this is where I've landed on that, and I, it it works for me. It makes sense. I don't think it's a uh, an easy passing of the buck to get there. I think it, it. I think it. You logically get there if you consider the council of scripture. If you take the one in Mark and and the one in Matthew, it's in Matthew. I just had it up and I closed it. It's Matthew twelve verses thirty one and thirty two. If you take the one in Mark, and then the one in Matthew, and then this one in Luke, and tie the three of those teachings at this point together, I think where you stand is great. Okay, yeah, but um, in Luke alone, it seems to have, it's missing those other components. It's in a weird spot, so. yeah, yeah. And because it, it, he goes on to say, verse 11, when you're brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, don't worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So he's giving more, Jesus is giving more explanation of who and what the Holy Spirit of God does in you, through you, and for you. And based on that context, the Holy Spirit is the voice of God speaking through you. You better not go, oh, that's not God. Right. Even scarier is a, is a, oh, I'm going through this right now, as a teacher of the gospel, to go, these are my words and not the holy words of God through me. Look out. Okay, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this pair. Ah, wait, I want to. I don't want to go any further. How, how you like to be the human rights activist here? Oh man, I'm so <laughs> glad you said that because I was right there. Hey, it's not fair, Jesus. You seem to be like an authority on some stuff. Tell this guy he's got shared inheritance with me, and then instead, Jesus is like, "Watch out, greedy guy." Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. So. It's so funny that you said human rights. Um, Orion is privileged to something that most of you listeners may not be privileged to. I said something terrible from it, behind the pulpit. It was it was terrible, but not untrue. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm being a little inflammatory by saying I said something <laughs> terrible. I said to a congregation, to a church, I want to say full of people, but a third full of people. It was a rainy day. <laughs> it was the weather was awful. <laughs> I stood behind the pulpit with a microphone in my hand and said, God, Jesus doesn't care about human rights. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's close in prayer. Sure. No, that's not, I said some other stuff too. But it, I wish I would have had the presence of mind to pull this out. It's not to say that Jesus doesn't care. He absolutely cares. But we are so focused on, um, as Christians, on all the... In inequalities and injustices we see in the world around us, and doesn't Jesus would want this? Some people would say Jesus Jesus embraces a woman's right to choose, and others would say that uh, Jesus sees the murdering of infants as one of the greatest tragedies to ever befall this country. Um, some would say that Jesus says we should be. Um, taking from uh, people who have more and giving it to poor people. Jesus would say that women should get paid as much as men. Jesus would say that what you earn is what you get, and it doesn't matter if someone gets more or less than you. Jesus this and Jesus that related to our 
what we see as inequalities in our society, social justice, um, human rights. And this guy goes, hey, teacher, you got a lot of cool things to say. Um, here's social injustice. My brother has taken all of the inheritance. Tell him that the right thing to do is I deserve half of that. They were my parents too. <laughs> Tell him that's what's fair, Jesus. And Jesus goes, I don't care. <laughs> I realize that's probably the message version and not the NIV, but still. He goes, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Which is crazy to me because we know that at the final day we will all be judged. Sure. And Jesus goes, who appointed me judge? <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, you, Jesus, are, are judge. You're, you appointed you judge. Is this a trick question? <laughs> He goes, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And it's really easy to go, I'm broke. That's not about me. (laughs) I don't have abundant possessions. My family's leaving me nothing but debt. My brother can have it all if he wants. But it's about so much more than that. It's about, man, is it not about being distracted from the kingdom of God? Yeah. What what is the the verse about uh Jesus came to give us life and money more abundantly? Is that how it goes? No. It's <laughs> it's, it's John 10:10. 10, 10. Yeah, it, the abundant life, right? The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's New King James, but I'm not sure exactly how I memorized. And so Jesus in another place is talking about that he's coming to bring life and the life abundant, the life more abundantly, and then to say here that that the concerns are material possessions, Jesus says life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. He's he's literally he's trying to bring people into into a focus. It's a gentle push there. <laughs> and and he's gonna go further. Yeah, it's gonna get less gentle, I think. And then he told them this parable. <laughs> yeah. It says in sixteen. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. He said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Yeah, that's less gentle. But it's more gentle at the same time. It does not say this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, period. Yeah, that's I, I catch that too. It says, but is not rich toward God. If the kingdom is not your focus... It's all a waste. Store up all you want. Acquiring wealth, uh, Proverbs, I think, says he's given us the ability to create wealth. Yes. Uh, There's nothing inherently wrong with it. But if you're not kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused... Then you're a fool. You're a fool. 
Okay. All right. We did it. I'm going to warn you, Orion. Okay. And listener. We're on verse 22 of 57. Uh, I don't know where that's going to put us, but we may have to split an episode again. Yeah, we've done it before. Okay. <laughs> that's your way of going. We're going to have to split this episode. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you'll wear. Whether you'll have to split a podcast episode. Right. For life is more than podcast episodes. No, no, no. <laughs> Verse 23. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow. They don't reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? No, actually, it says, and how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? <laughs> I love I love it. The sarcasm since, of Jesus? Since you can't even add one hour to your life. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's the sarcasm of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can't do this little thing. That sounds like... Uh, like a, a irreverent Bible quotes book that you'd find, the sarcasm of Jesus is like, oh, what is this? Oh, it's actually the sarcasm of Jesus. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's a collection. Of there's our there's our Jesus. get rich slow scheme. We'll write a book called the sarcasm of Jesus. Consider how the wildflowers grow. Verse twenty seven. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Does that verse sound familiar? Um, yeah. Seek ye first the kingdom yeah. of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Yeah, we sing a song at church that uh, yeah, it's this. says all these things. Yeah. It's the same. It's not this verse. This is just the parallel. I was topic. wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. it's the same. Same thing. Um, it, For it, the pagan world runs after all these things. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I was just about to take a drink of water, and I would have electrocuted myself or my microphone by spitting it out. Uh, I, this is a... Peter drinking water break. This is an odd episode. I'm, I know other ones we've had fun, but this one seems a little out of hand. Okay. I, it's fine. I don't mind. I love well, it. Well, it started with us saying, uh, uh, here's why we think we deserve your time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> here we go. I, I, there was a visual in here for me. Verse 27, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. We've shared on episodes before, Orion and I both reside in the golden state of California. This year, uh, it's been raining. Yeah. A lot. A lot of rain. Like, Like what probably should be a normal amount. Really? Well... I think it's a little... We had an abundance. Yeah, I mean, for for what considering what we had. Okay, yeah, it's been drought for like. We can draw a line in the middle and be years. okay, but yeah. Okay. But we've had this. There's been this natural phenomenon that's occurred because of the rain. Uh, you can Google it. It's called super bloom. There are like these huge blooms of wildflowers 
in places where there are no people. Uh, yes, other parts of the country, California has places where there are no people. It's hard to believe. There's a lot of us here. But we're all in really tiny little spaces stacked yes. on top of each other. And there's a lot of open area. And the poppies and the wildflowers just... They've been showing pictures like, I don't know if they're from space or from airplanes or what, but from high up, you can see this abundance of wildflowers. It's so neat to see green ground in in California. It passed February. <laughs> yeah, usually it's very brown by now, yes. and we are past February. So, But this idea, nobody planted those wildflowers. Well, nobody you and I know. God. But uh, <laughs> nobody, you. <laughs> um, uh, nobody planted them on purpose. And it's just been this bloom. God's accident. And Jesus goes, not even Solomon, at his best, was clothed like this. Yeah. If God's taking care of this stuff, um, then how much more is he going to take care of you? 32. Don't be afraid, little flock. I love that. (laughs) I just absolutely love it. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 35. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. That read funny to me. Sorry. Looks right, yeah. Yeah. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Uh, We've addressed, I think, this concept before, but I just love how crazy it is that Jesus is the thief in yeah. this parable. It's a, I mentioned it before. I'm still incredulous about it. It's just such a, it, it sounds like a bad thing. Right. Except for the fact that he's stealing from the devil. Right. And we are the prized goods. The, I was going to say the booty. The, the plunder. Booty. The, yes. <laughs> We're the plunder. We it, are the booty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Verse 41 Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I was wondering this at this point, too. <laughs> except that the ridiculousness of it of either way, it's for Peter. Why, why did he ask? Are you telling this to just uh, the 11 other guys and me or to the 11 other guys, me and all these other people here? I just I took a poll and nobody's sure, and I want to make sure we hand out the notes after. I don't. It's just the stupidest question. The Lord answered, "Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them food, their food allowance at the proper time?" He just ignores Peter. This totally. <laughs> 
It'll be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Oh, this is why Peter was the first pope. No. Ooh, I might have stepped on toes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Verse uh, 45. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. This is harsh teaching. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is directed absolutely at Peter, if not the other 11, of I have put you in a position of leadership, almost uh, uh, hinting at the apostolic gift, right? Okay. And if you're not doing what I told you and you're taking advantage of people, which there's some preachers that certainly do this, I'm going to come back when you're not expecting it and I'm going to chop you to bits and put you out. Wouldn't it be enough if he just said, I'm going to cast you out? Yeah. But... But there's two things here. Yeah. Cut into pieces is a gory, uh, not an a- analogy, uh, visual. Imagery? Imagery. Yeah. It's gory imagery. And then it, the part that goes along with it is assigned a place with every unbeliever. Verse 47 goes on to say, The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants, will be beaten with many blows. <laughs> but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. James 3.1, many of you presume to be teachers, but you should know that as such you will be judged more harshly. Mm-hmm. I think that's this. I think Jesus goes, uh, those of you who have been put in charge of a lot of things, um, a lot's going to be expected. He goes, the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment is still going to get punished. Gets less beating. Yeah, still punished. Yeah. You're not without excuse. But, But if you didn't know you were supposed to be doing these things and you didn't do them, fine. They still needed to get done. You had the obligation to search out what needed to be done, and you didn't do that. So here's a few blows. But if you knew, and then you didn't do it, many blows cut to pieces assigned with the unbelievers. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Jesus says in verse 49, I have come to make you feel better. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled exclamation point. But I have a baptism to undergo and what constraint I am under until it is completed. You upset? I think. (laughs) There's another passage. Did we cover it in here? I think we covered it in here. I'm in the podcast. Did we we talk about the transfiguration already on the podcast? Yes, we made fun of Peter. Okay. Every chance we get, actually. But Jesus comes down the mountain, and the disciples, the other nine, are making morons of themselves. And Jesus goes, how long do I have to put up with you? Yes. He's frustrated 
at the limitations of what's around him and what he has to deal with because he's very much used to being God. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yes. And and we don't want to say, and it's not theologically accurate to say he was limited by his humanity. He wasn't limited by his humanity other than... No, we know God has finite patience. Uh, <laughs> he does. <laughs> the only way Jesus was limited by his humanity is he was limited in his purpose here. He came to achieve a goal. And, it, and the sovereignty of God says that he could have done whatever he wanted. But thanks be to him that he stayed on the path of achieving the goal of crucifixion and resurrection. Anyways, and he goes, here he goes, he's mad. He's like, you want me to solve inheritance problems? You're not even worth stupid birds. Or you're worth more than stupid birds. I can't remember now. It doesn't matter. No, yeah. you're worth more than stupid more than birds. Stupid. He goes, you're worried about all kinds of things, clothes and food and whatever. And you're not even doing what I commanded you to do. And I'm going to cut you to pieces and throw you out. I've come to bring fire on this earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo. And what constraint I'm under until it's completed. Every Pharisee who picked a fight with him, every time his disciples were morons, every time everything, every time there was a rock in the road or donkey do or whatever else, that he could just be every bit God and just lightning zap people in the butt. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you have no idea how much I'm holding back right now. You've been that way with your right, kids. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, mm. The, the I'm not even going to spank you right now because I might kill you. <laughs> Go we, ahead. We have this uh, idea every, every time. Some, some of maybe some of you don't have this problem, but it's like whenever I read the words of Jesus, I just imagine him holding like a lamb in one right. hand and like <laughs> the flannel graph. Jesus, the flannel graph. Yeah, what's that? You didn't have that in Sunday school. We no. talked about this before. Oh, okay, no. Yeah. Um. Uh. But, but yeah, it's a uh, like we don't permit. Jesus to be angry in our understanding of his words and when you read them, you know, I mean, they put exclamations in there. The, those exclamations weren't in the original uh, Greek. They didn't have punctuation. No, but like that. Right. They had tensing of words that we don't have. Uh, we have three tenses. Oh, okay. They have like eight. Well, it might I, be six. Uh, wow. Okay, I got to yeah. go back to Greek yeah. class. Yeah. Uh, but, but the, the the point is, I mean, even if you even if if you just read this in a text and you were presuming he's not upset, but then you you read what he read, there's no way to get around that he's upset. <laughs> and I think we need to let Jesus in our mental imagery of him. I think in, when we envision him speaking at a time like this, we need to let him be a wrathful. You know, he was already sarcastic, and I don't know about you, but when I'm angry, that's where I start. I start with sarcasm, sure, and then when I realize I'm not making my point, then I turn to exclamation points. He yeah. goes, "You can't even add an hour to your life. You can't even do this simple thing." And now he's like, "Oh, I've come to bring fire, and you're lucky that I still have a baptism to undergo." It's like, and then 51, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? That's what they say at Christmas time. It's and, on the cards. And goodwill toward men. Right. Uh-huh. He goes, no. I'm, I'm reading right out of the Bible. Yes. No, I tell you, division. That, mind blown the first time I read that. Mind blown. I just, I got a, a text, email, a something from somebody recently 
Um, and I need to sit down and, and do a better response than just a quick text message. But asking me about where in, I think it's in First Peter, where it says, uh, the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, separating bone from ligament, etc. And, and so, when Jesus says, do not and, think I came to bring peace but a sword. And soul from spirit. Yeah. And the person goes, whoa, 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 whoa what is that? It's, it's this. It's, it's division. It's, it's dividing right down the middle of your soul's going one place or the other. And what separates it is the spirit you have. Do you have the spirit of yourself or the spirit of God in you? Because one determines the other. They are separate. And one will be judged by the other. And he goes, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, division. You're either with me or you're not. And that's the dividing line. Right. It's not how much do you give. It's not how do you vote. It's not where do you stand on issue A or issue B. It's none of that. It's who is Jesus. The greatest question, and so funny, we were in a class, Orion and I, on Sunday, um, where somebody said that so-and-so teacher said, the greatest question you have to answer is this thing. And I don't remember what it was now. Do you remember? Yeah, it was some Sproul quote Sproul, about yeah. uh, the greatest question you have to ask is, uh, how are you going to avoid God's wrath? No. The greatest question you have to answer is, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. That's it. Agree. Nothing else matters until you've solved that question for yourself. There's only one right answer. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Here we go. Sorry, I got all worked up. <laughs> Peter's verse, speaking in exclamations now. Verse 52. We're actually almost done. We're going to get it all in one episode. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two and two against three. Not four against one, though. Just kidding. That's not in there. They will be divided. Father against son. Son against father. Mother against daughter. And daughter against mother. mother Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. And daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. But didn't Jesus say, Orion, that we're supposed to love everybody? Um, Yeah, I think think so. Yeah. It says they'll be divided. Father against son. Son against father. So the, uh, the, the bummer part about... It sucks to put it in human terms. The bummer part about the division of Jesus is we as we that are on the Jesus side of this division. And I I referenced that other uh, that other quote where Jesus says, "Do not think I think I came to bring peace, but a sword." A sword. Yeah. So think of, we are on one side of the sword, and then you've got people who are not with Jesus on the other side of this sword. And we look across that sword as it cuts down the middle between us, and we still love those people, but they can't accept us because they can't accept Jesus, and we are aligned with Jesus. And it's, it's, a, it's a heartbreaking thing that we have to go through where we, we, even the closest family members, even the ones who are brought together by marriage, whatever the relationship is, if you're, if you're born of their womb, the, the, how, no matter how close that bond is, when Jesus comes into the picture, if they're not both on Jesus' side, then they are against each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, against is the right word. I wish it said, um, Father contrasted to son, son contrasted to father, meaning um, how they look 
in relation to each other instead of it saying but, against. But the comparison. It's like, right. I'm yeah. not saying it's wrong. I just wish it said. Yeah, it it's a, it's a tough one. It's um, especially when you imagine him holding a lamb in one arm and <laughs> the Bible in the other, or something. Five loaves and two fish. Sure. Is it five feast loaves and two fish? Not two fish and five loaves, five loaves. or two two loaves, loaves and five fish. I, I it's five it, loaves and two. I think fish. it was more, more loaves. Yeah, I don't know. Let's finish this up. Fifty-four. He said to the crowd, "When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does." And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites! Exclamation point. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky? How is it that you do not know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. I love for the, I love this. He says, uh, how is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? He goes, you've learned that when this cloud's over here that it's going to rain, and it rains every time. And when the wind blows from the south, it's going to be hot. And when it does, it does it every time. How can you not see the entirety of the Old Testament writings? And he wouldn't have called them Old Testament writings. He would have just said the entirety of Scripture. How can you not see that and understand what's happening right now? Because how can you not see me standing right here when all of the signs that you should know to look for have always been there? And he, he says this, and I wish we treated it more like a parable. He goes, you and your adversary are going to the magistrate. You're going to the judge. He goes, you better fix it with them on the way. He goes, I'm here right now. You are on your way to the judge, God. You better settle it with me now. Because when we get to the judge, it's too late. You will be convicted and turned over and thrown into jail. Now, some of you are going to go, well, it says you'll stay in there until you've paid every last cent. So that means you get out at some point, right? It's temporary hell till you work off all your sins. You get to be with Jesus. If you get a work furlough. Yeah, no. But only if. To pick up garbage along the streets of gold? In um, like an orange vest? Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, be <laughs> a, a jerk little, about it. <laughs> it's a little ridiculously. <laughs> but I think that's, I think it's parabolic's the wrong word. Um, it's, I think it's parable. <laughs> yeah, parabolic is very much the wrong <laughs> the wrong word, but but not you know what I mean. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Parabolic. Oh, no. parabolic. Nope. <laughs> parable like. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I do think it's parable like. I think Jesus goes. You you can't see the times. You can't see me right here, and you're headed to the judge. You better figure it out on your way. And if we're not part of Jesus, here's the truth, listener. We are adversaries of Jesus.